the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome aboard. My name is Mike Lee, and somehow I get to play Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860 The Answer, KPAM, AM 1640 The Patriot, 93.1 L Ray, and 104.1 The Fish. And if you'd like to find out what it takes to qualify for hosting your own radio program, how to become an authority and expand the reach of your ministry or your business, and even appear at our concerts and events, email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. And one of my favorite things to wave the flag for would be something we like to call First Friday, a non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center right here in Portland. And check this out. There's no RSVP necessary, but if you register online, preferably a couple of weeks in advance, you can even get a free meal at Adventist Medical Center. First Friday itself starts at 7.15 on Friday, November 2nd. It goes to only 8.30, nothing too long. You can go out afterwards. And this particular one features music by Rock Fellowship Praise Band from Rock Fellowship, which is the English-speaking ministry of the Oregon Central Korean Seventh-day Adventist Church. So from Rock Fellowship, we have Pastor Chris Chong. Thank you for joining us today, Chris. Hi. Rock Fellowship has services on Saturdays at 11.45 a.m. They meet on Northeast San Rafael Street in Portland. That's over by Portland Christian Schools and John Luby City Park. And the very special guest speaker we're going to have coming up on November 2nd is here with us today. And her name is Jenigan Burnaby. So welcome, Jenigan. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Mike. I wanted to thank you both for joining us so much. So while I do want to find out what you'll be sharing at First Friday, or just a little hint of your story, where did you, Jenikin Burnaby, and Pastor Chris Chung, where did you meet in the first place? I'm curious. We met at Shepherd's Door. Rock Fellowship comes out and hosts a group. Uh, they cook dinner, and they were just so friendly and open, and uh, I felt very comfortable with them. So I went on a camping trip, and it was amazing. I got baptized in the ocean, and it was very spiritual. Well, that's wild. So, Pastor Chris, how long has Rock Fellowship been partnering with our friends over at Shepherd's Door? And if you're curious, maybe you're new to the area and you're not as familiar with Shepherd's Door, it is a community of single women and women with children, say ages 10 and under, who participate at New Life Ministries at Portland Rescue Mission. And at Shepherd's Door, you'll find a sanctuary of peace and security as you move into a healthy lifestyle while dealing with the pain of addiction and previous choices. And you and your children get to learn basic life skills as well as develop an understanding of how to make a total life change, restoring relationships 
and living in freedom. And we've got more information that you could look up at portlandrescuemission.org. That's portlandrescuemission.org. So, Pastor Chris Chong of Rock Fellowship in Vancouver, how long has your church been partnering with Shepherd's Door? Uh, we've been doing it for a little over a year. Um, and it was kind of one of the first um, outreach projects that we wanted to get involved in because it's a uh, right down the street from our church, you know, it's 10 minutes, it's a 10 minute walk away. And, um, you know, so every third Saturday evening, we go over there, we prepare dinner, we connect. Um, and lately we've been kind of expanding what we're doing there. Uh, we eat, but we also do some worship. Uh, we, we bring our praise team, we bring all our equipment and kind of have a little worship session, uh, with the families there. Um, I think this, this weekend we're going to be going and, uh, just spending time doing puzzles and, and hanging out and building relationships. Oh, that's wonderful. So are you part of this band, which is also going to be opening for Jen again at First Friday on November 2nd? Yes, or, I am part of the band. Do you sing, play, both, or what? Um, I sing and play. And uh, What do you play? I, I think for the band this time, I'm going to be playing bass. Um, but uh, last time we did Shepherd's Door, or not Shepherd's Door, last time we did First Friday, I did play guitar. Oh, how neat. So, Jenigan, do you like the music that you've heard from Pastor Chris and from Rock Fellowship's praise band so far? Absolutely. it's um, I love it. The feeling that I get when we worship is so strong. Like, my body just tingles. Like, it's just amazing. And it's the Holy Spirit, and it's I just love it. I, I just want more, and I just crave it. So that's what's gotten me to continue, too, to go back to rock. Like, I just feel um, like there's a huge anointing over that church. There are lots of different worship styles. I have friends who go to churches that are a cappella only. I have other friends that are into the traditional hymnal. I have others that have lyrics up on the big screen and the very newest of worship music that you might hear on our sister station, 104.1 The Fish Show. How does it look when it comes to a rock fellowship praise band set for you, Chris? Like, What kind of music are you generally prone to play? Yeah, we're more like that third group that you mentioned. Um, We're into contemporary music. Um, We play a lot of Hillsong. Uh, We're inspired by Elevation Worship. Um, We're inspired by All Sons and Daughters. And and we really, you know, the way we approach worship is it's not about a performance. It's really, we're all together and we're just worshiping together. And um, so we try to kind of create an environment where the Holy Spirit can move. Um, It's not about playing uh, so well and being amazing, but it's about being used by God. And uh, I think the cool thing about our team is none of them are professionals. They're all volunteers. They're physicians. They're moms. Um, they're they're youth, and so, but they're really talented. And and everyone does it to to worship and to serve God. And so it's it creates a really um, meaningful experience. I think for anyone who comes and worships with us. While I have always enjoyed concerts ever since I was a kid. When it comes to a worship set, for me personally, I think there's something special when it's multi-generational up on the platform. When you have parents and kids or grandkids up there loving God together through music. I'm glad to see that you've got that diversity in the age with the Rock Fellowship. Yeah, it's really cool. Anyway, they will be a wonderful musical opener for the keynote speaker, Jenigan Burnaby. So we know where you met Pastor Chris. It was at Shepherd's Door, and it was just a wonderful experience. Can you remember when they first walked into the door? What were you originally thinking? What was your initial thought of this Rock Fellowship group that was walking into Shepherd's Door? I 
honestly, at first I was thinking, wow, um, this is like a group of Asian Christians that are, um, that are accepting me like family. And it just melted my heart. You know, um, you don't usually see very many white people with hanging out with Asians. <laughs> so, I mean, um, yeah, they're just very, they just a lot of love, a lot of love and support and um, just friends. You know, they're just an ear to talk to. I'm so encouraged to hear that. And one of the biggest aspects of my job is I want to get live bodies into buildings because I believe now more than ever, when you think about how divisive our country can be at times. Mm -hmm. Everybody is looking at people who might not share their exact beliefs as the other side. And they're always throwing barbs at each other. And we see that in the mainstream media because it's neat being here working with Salem Media Group and being able to interview people like you versus the mentality in the mainstream media where I was raised back in New York that – if it bleeds, it leads to bother, shock, and awe you, which does what? It raises ratings, and that raises ad rates. But that, in my opinion, is not an accurate portrayal of society today. Mm-hmm. And when we get people into buildings, and they meet one-on-one and have conversations, and show an imperfect self loved by a perfect God, and just be able to converse, share, yes. have a meal play some music, I think that's when we're really going to start tearing down some of the walls that are so prevalent today. So I'm encouraged that Shepherd's Door welcomed Rock Fellowship that so quickly just loved on you, Jenica, and showed you the love of Christ. So, You know, that's um, exactly what you were just saying about, you know, taking the walls down, you know, going into Shepherd's Door, I I had a lot of walls, and I had no idea what it was like to live out the fruits of the spirit or even what the fruits of the spirit actually were as far as like being kind and like, you know, just, I, I'd never even experienced that cause I just came from a really bad place. And so being able to like put my walls down and like have people come into my life without expectations or wanting something, uh, it's been, it's been, remar- it's been the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Like, just to have Jesus in my heart and, you know, have other Christians around me that that love me and care about me. And here you are today taking your story, flaws and all, and being able to use it to bring others closer to Christ. That's a rush. I mean, that is why we do what we do. That is why we endure what we endure, so that we can share the love of Jesus with a hurting world that so badly needs him, no matter what people look like or what they're dressed in or appearances we are all so starving for the love of christ in our innermost parts of our soul so i'm pretty excited about what you're going to be able to do coming up at first friday and i want to do the story justice by asking you a little later on in the program more about your background and where you you grew up and where god's delivered you from and just Just a word of encouragement along the lines of what you'll be sharing at First Friday. So just for a reminder, folks, uh, First Friday is absolutely free. Everyone is welcome, and it's a night of joyful praise and fellowship. In the case of our keynote speaker on Friday, November 2nd, Denigan Burnaby, her story is that of God's unrelenting and transformative love. 
she was born into addiction and grew up around drugs her entire life. Although sitting across the desk from you now and hearing just the hope that you bring, never would have guessed any of that, Jenigan. So thank you for, for being transparent with us today in areas that aren't always the most comfortable to speak about. So it was no surprise that Jenigan would eventually fall into a life addicted to drugs. But after a very dark and terrifying wake-up call, Jenigan began to seek to change. And it wasn't until she reconnected and rediscovered God's love that her life truly did change. And from a place of hopelessness, God has now restored her life, and she is a living and breathing example of victory in Jesus. And that's what we love about First Friday, because maybe people are going to be tentative about walking into a church or a religious setting. Maybe they've never set foot in any religious institution or worse, maybe they've gotten burned in the past, whether it was a church that was off or maybe a relationship or God knows what. But when we're able to get people to Adventist Medical Center, it's a hospital. It's a place where people get healed and born and fixed. Just south of Mall 205, if you go to the carport area and then you pass the receptionist desk, a few doors later on, you're going to see the elevators. And if you go downstairs in Adventist Medical Center, if you see the piano, you're exactly where you need to be. So before we cut to break, we've got about two minutes. Pastor Chris, I'd like to speak with you next. And I want to thank you and Rock Fellowship for what you're doing, not only in your church's four walls, but also in the community, and in this case, at Shepherd's Door. So would you like to invite anyone to come to Rock Fellowship who might be between churches or who might be new to the area and let us know about some of the other things that your church is involved with? Yeah. um, If if you're in the area looking for a church, you want to check out uh, Rock Fellowship, we'd love to have you. We are a a great community of believers. Um, And just just so you know, our mission statement, uh, we exist to connect people to a loving community, a living Savior, and a lasting purpose. You know, and, and that's really key for us, that, that order, actually, that in our church, you can belong before you believe. You don't have to agree with us, but you can join our community, and we can have relationships regardless of who you are and your history. You don't have to be like us. We're going to love on you if you come. And so um, our, our goal, though, is through that relationship that you would be brought closer to Jesus and that in Jesus, you would learn about your purpose and, and what he's called you to do and your giftedness. Um, you know, we, we're big on outreach. So we, we consistently go to shepherd's door. As you mentioned, we do monthly, uh, homeless feedings in downtown in Chinatown. Um, our youth is really engaged in that. Um, we have a great program for youth, uh, for teenagers and junior high kids. Um, and one thing that we're really excited about is I recently had a meeting with a, uh, an organization called the, uh, Portland, um, refugee support group. And uh, they kind of let us know that there's a number of Syrian refugees in town, especially on the east side. And uh, we're, we're excited about getting connected with them um, just to show love and provide and be there for some of the, the refugee families. Thank you so much, Jedigan Burnaby and Pastor Chris Chung of Rock Fellowship. I'll make sure to leave all of the website information up at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page about First Friday, Shepherd's Door, and Rock Fellowship. More when we return with Jennigan Burnaby and Pastor Chris Chong next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee with our very special guests. They'll be involved with First Friday. Now, First Friday is the non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. 
And coming up on Friday, November 2nd, you'll enjoy music by Rock Fellowship Praise Band from Rock Fellowship, which is the English-speaking ministry of the Oregon Central Korean Seventh-day Adventist Church. They have services Saturday mornings at 1145, and you can find Rock Fellowship on Northeast San Rafael Street in Portland, right by Portland Christian Schools and John Luby City Park. And in addition to wonderful music from Rock Fellowship Praise Band, you'll get to hear a keynote word of encouragement from our guest, Jennigan Burnaby. So, Jennigan, I love how passionate you are about your faith today, but things didn't always start off that way. Can you tell us how it was for you growing up, Jennigan? Well, I can tell you that I was born addicted. Um, my, I, my mother was very young when she had me, and... She was a hippie, so she would she smoked pot with me at a very young age. So I've I've done drugs my entire life. I my first line, my first everything that I've ever done was with my mom, and uh, she taught me that she taught me how to numb my pain and the abuse that we were going through by by using drugs. And so when I was fifteen, I decided to leave home and. I came to Portland, and it was it was really crazy. I my aunt lived here, and she had became a Christian, and she was asking me if I wanted to go to a retreat on the mountain, and I was like, yes, I was like party on the mountain, right? And I had no idea what I was getting into. Like I, it was like I, it was like a cult, right? So I'm sitting there, and I run out of you know where they were worshiping, and I went outside and. You know, it was the first time that I had ever prayed. Like, I just did not believe in God. I, you know, with everything that I'd been through, like, where, where was he, you know? And so it was the first time I prayed, and I I prayed a prayer of, like, you know, where are you? And you just seem too far away. And the crazy thing is, is like, this guy was, he was he was quite a ways away, and he looked like a groundskeeper, and he, he asked me if I was okay. And I just was like, I just ignored him. I was like, go away, go away. And. So the guy goes, well, I just want to let you know that no matter how far away from the Lord you feel, he's here with you. And so the guy says word for word what I basically just prayed about. And immediately I got this um, euphoric feeling in my body. And I have to tell you, it was better than any drug I've ever done in my life. And uh, at that point, I knew there was a God. There was no like denying it. I knew it. And so I was pretty confused about... um, the Trinity, though, I was like, okay, so who do I pray to? Like, like, okay, I know it's real. So is it Mary? Is it Jesus? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it God? Like, like, who am I supposed to be praying to? And the funny thing is, is that night I had a dream that I'm Jenigan, but I have like a heart, a mind, and flesh. It was crazy. So, you know, I just went with that, and I, you know, I, I decided to go back to the life that I was living. And, you know, I, I never got that feeling back. I thought that I had lost it. I thought, you know, at first I felt like I felt like God abandoned me, but he didn't. It was it was the choices that I, I decided to make in my life. And I came to a point to where all I could feel around me was darkness. I mean, I could just it was just horrible. And I did not care anymore. I I wanted to die. I was waiting to die. And I kept saying that I wanted to die. But the truth is, is that um, I lost a good friend of mine. Um, he was in my house, 
and he overdosed on drugs. And so I had worked on him for like 15 minutes um, trying to bring him back. And, uh, you know, I'd never seen a dead body before. And so I don't know if, you know, when they took him out in a body bag, um, it made me think about my soul and it made me, you know, seeing a, a dead body without its soul and it made me think about like how I felt when I laid my head down. And I, and I didn't feel right when I laid my head down. And um, at that point, I had seven roommates that were all on heroin. Um, and I said, I'm done. I'm done. And I got up and I walked out of my house and I left my car and everything I owned there. And I just kept on walking. And I, uh, I was trying to get into Hooper downtown and it took like a week. And I decided to sleep outside instead of going back to that house. And so, so what is Hooper? Hooper is a detox facility that is in downtown Portland. Uh, they they basically just detox you and then um, and then place you into a treatment if that's what you want to do or you decide to do that. And so I from there I went into a um, a treatment center called Nara, and it's it's a Native American treatment center. And, you know, I had this diary that I wrote all this stuff down in that, that had to do with the death of my friend and my roommates. And, you know, they'd kick in my door all the time, steal my stuff. Like, it was just a really, it just was not a good life at all. And I decided to burn this diary in their fire circle. And I went out there and I burn it, right? And all the pages burnt except for the outside and it had these bright flowers on it and it said I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me and at that point I knew that like I needed Jesus that was going to be the only way that that I was going to be able to continue to live I wanted to live and that was that was life and so I just started praying that you know he would let me hear what I needed to hear and let me walk how he wanted me to walk and and restore my life. And uh, I was there for five months. And upon leaving there, they told me that I should probably file for Social Security. I was pretty, I was pretty gone at that point. And I didn't want to give up at that point, though. I decided that I wanted more treatment and I wanted more help. And so I committed uh, to a year program, which was Shepherd's Door. And they, my life has transformed drastically since I've been there. Um, I have hope today. I have a vision today. And I would not have what I have today if it was, uh, if it was not for them um, holding my hand to restore my, my relationship with Jesus. And um, today I am working towards, uh, I'm doing several things. The first thing that I did was I ran a marathon. <laughs> They have a run, running program that I had gotten onto, and normal people don't just come off the streets and run a marathon. So, how much right. preparation did you have to do before you could run this one, Jennigan? Well, they had they had a program, and um, it was from a couch to a marathon, and so we started, you know, walking five minutes, running five minutes, and then before you know it, we're doing ten miles, we're doing thirteen miles. It was actually a half that we did. Uh, it was um, the sunset. And it took us a couple months, few months to get ready for that. And it just it, it just showed me that I'm capable 
of doing whatever I put my mind to. And it also, you know, when I was running, I was that, that verse of I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me came back to me. And, and I would just replay that in my head and just keep going. And I've just, that's exactly what I've done. I've just continued to go. And I have decided to go into an apprenticeship. Uh, the program, Shepherd's Door, uh, they're going to help me get into a pre-apprenticeship and then apprenticeship. Um, they're doing that by um, starting me in maintenance and getting familiar with tools and different things. And I have a math tutor that helps me on Saturdays. And so I'm just taking all the little steps that I need to take right now to um, to, to better my life. And I would have never dreamed ever dreamed that I would be where I'm at. Like I've never worked a job in my entire life. And today I am, I'm suiting up, I'm showing up and I'm doing things that I never thought were were possible. When we hear the words Portland rescue mission, we often don't remember all of the different people that our friends at Portland rescue mission are able to reach out to just like at your church, pastor Chris rock fellowship is more than just, where you meet. It's the ministries that you're involved in, whether it's your youth doing street ministry or, in this case, helping out at Shepherd's Door. So I think it's fantastic what Portland Rescue Mission has shared with you, Jennigan, through Shepherd's Door. So if you had to say there was one thing that stood out in your mind about your experience with Shepherd's Door, what introduced you to them in the first place? How did you find out about Shepherd's Door, Jennigan? I actually found out about it at uh, a doctor's appointment that I had. There was a woman that was speaking about a program that she was in that was like a year long and and that it was um, Christian-based. And I was getting ready to graduate NARA, and I knew that I was going to need more help than than what I had got. I knew that it was going to take more and I wanted to build my relationship with Jesus. I, I didn't know what that looked like. Like, I'd never picked up a Bible um, before then. And I wanted to know, I wanted to know who Jesus was. And so I, uh, I got an interview there, and I got in, and it's just been, it's transformed my life. You know, um, it's for women and children I have my own room. They teach us vocations. Some people um, work in the kitchen. Uh, there's a family um, center there, and some of the girls work in the family center. They have a janitorial. They just have different areas um, of growth where they put us to teach us, um, you know, different skills, you know, and uh, so that when we do get out there that we can um, be successful. And, you know, I, like I said, right now I'm, um, they put me in the maintenance or the um, maintenance program and just to get familiar with tools and they have a program constructing hope. And so it's, um, it's a program that is like a pre-apprenticeship. And so they do like carpentry, they do uh, electrician, they do plumbing. And so, um, that's what I'm working on right now to go into. And so there's a math test <laughs> that that uh, Constructing Hope um, gives you. And so you have to meet a certain criteria and score in order to get into the uh, electrician. 
And so I am right now working on that so that that dream can become possible. Congratulations, not only on your aspirations career-wise, Jenigan, and learning new trades and figuring out tools and improving your math skills, but for having the guts to know that you did need more help and for tracking down Shepherd's Door, because so many of us, we know we've got issues, but either we're too afraid or maybe we're reluctant to admit that and step forward. You, on the other hand, sought Shepherd's Door, and you're doing really well there as, as a result. So do, do you have any uh, mentor figures that stand out in particular when it comes to your continual growth? Yes, I have two mentors right now. Uh, I have a mentor. Um, her name is Esther from Rock Fellowship, and I adore her. The um, first thing that stood out to me about her were that she was so soft-spoken, and I could just see the fruits of the Spirit in her, and, and that attract me to her, attracted me to her. And when her and her husband would come to Shepherd's Door, they, um, they were just so loving to me, and I always would sit with them. It was just kind of weird how, I, how we kind of just connected. And so I have asked her to be my, spo- or, you know, my mentor, and she's actually going to be, um, there's the Run Like Hell that's coming up, on Sunday. So we're, she's going to be a part of that run with me. And I have another mentor, Mona, and she's going to also be a part of that. Um, How long is your run? We're actually doing the 5K. So um, just we're going to make it fun. We're going to dress up in Halloween costumes. And the next uh, run team is going to start up in the end of November for Shepherd's Door, and then that is going to be for the Heartbreak Run. So I'm looking forward to doing that one. So have you figured out your costumes yet? Um, yes, I am going to be a fairy, and <laughs> I have pink hair and a pink tutu that lights up like a Christmas tree. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> How awesome. I am so encouraged to hear your story, Jenigan Burnaby. And, well, friends, you can hear it. Live firsthand coming up on first Friday, November 2nd from 7.15 to 8.30. It's held at Adventist Medical Center in Portland, just south of Mall 205. And if you'd like to qualify for the free dinner, they prefer that you RSVP online a couple of weeks in advance. So make sure that you do so. Not only is it healthy, but it's also delicious. We'll be hearing more about First Friday and Jennigan Burnaby and Pastor Chris Chong of Rock Fellowship next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. Pastor Chris Chong leads Rock Fellowship, whose praise band will be playing at First Friday, Friday, November 2nd, starting at about 7.15. First Friday is a non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. That's on Southeast Market Street in Portland, just a little bit south of Mall 205. And if you go downstairs, take the elevators, and if you see the grand piano, you're right in the right part of Adventist Medical Center to enjoy not only music from Rock Fellowship's praise band, but also a word of encouragement and some great stories from our guest today, Jennigan Burnaby. So, Jennigan, I loved hearing about how despite the fact that you were raised in a household of addiction, that eventually God sought you down and he stole your heart. And you mentioned a, a trip, a retreat that you went to. So, 
Where did you live before you came out to, to see your aunt in Portland? I was in Michigan City, Indiana, and I lived on an 80-acre farm. Uh, my mom grew weed there, and uh, we went, I went through a lot of abuse there. Um, it, was, it was terrifying. Like I can't even tell you how many times that me and my mom wiped the blood up from our kitchen floor. It was, it was really bad, and... Um, I had just had enough, like my, uh, my aunt gave me a way to come out here and, and that's what I did. And, um, so when I got here, I lived with her and her, um, boyfriend, Dan, um, who, uh, Dan is still a huge part of my life too. I, you know, I don't have any brothers or sisters, so he is family to me. It's been 28 years now and he has stuck by me through thick and thin. Um, Dan actually went through the uh, um, through the mission a year before I came to Portland, um, so he has got twenty nine years clean. Yeah, well, so congratulations. Yeah. God bless you, Dan. Yeah. That, that's wonderful. It, it's amazing the lives that Portland Rescue Mission has impacted over the years and continues to reach today, including. Through Shepherd's Door, which has so greatly lifted you up, Jennigan mm-hmm. Burnaby, to the point where you get to share your story at First Friday. So, how cool is that? I'm pretty excited about it. It's yeah, it's, I'm a little bit nervous, but I am very excited. I feel like I do have a strong story, and I and I believe that I can help people with my story. You know, um, I just have to relax enough to like be able to get it out there and. Um, let other people hear it. I think Pastor Chris here and I would agree that you're doing a great job in sharing your story, and it's not always the easiest story to share. So good for you, Jennigan Burnaby, and, and I'm thankful for the lives that you're going to touch by sharing your testimony. So Pastor Chris Chung of Rock Fellowship, I want to thank you for all that you've done to partner alongside Shepherd's Door. So I really had to have my pal Mike Deccan in here from Portland Rescue Mission interview and see what their needs are. But off the top of your head, do you at Rock Fellowship or does Shepherd's Door or does Portland Rescue Mission have any immediate needs that perhaps a partnering churches in our neighborhood ought to prayerfully consider when it comes to contributing? Well, I know that uh, Portland Rescue Mission, they're doing a large remodeling project for their Burnside Shelter. And they had been seeking out uh, help from different churches to to help with the food so they can continue to feed the people uh, on the streets who are in need uh, while they're doing remodeling. So uh, if you're a part of a church um, and you have the manpower to help uh, provide some food for some of the needy in downtown, um, get in touch with uh, Randy Archer. He's one of the guys who works for uh, Portland Rescue Mission. Um, and they can, uh, they can connect you guys and... and, and you can help out in, in a big way there. I'll make sure to put Portland Rescue Mission's website on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. Or if you're curious, it's portlandrescuemission.org. That's portlandrescuemission.org. And if you hung out with us at Fish Fest at Salem's Riverfronts Park back in August, you may have enjoyed some wonderful food from our friends at Mission Barbecue. That's another outreach that's been great with our stations and some artists coming to town from time to time. And for me personally, I've now been able to donate two vehicles to Portland Rescue Mission's Drive Away Hunger program. Now, keep in mind, I live down in Salem. I'm an hour south of these stations. And 
initially when I had vehicles to donate, I was looking more locally in the state capital. I'm sure someone would be interested, right? And I'm not knocking any other ministries or nonprofits out there, but let's just say Portland Rescue Mission by far was the easiest one to deal with. And I made a bunch of phone calls too. So Portland Rescue Mission made my life easier. And I'm kind of ashamed to admit, I only just finished my taxes last weekend. I got another extension, but Portland Rescue Mission made it clean and simple and quick. And they handed me my little letter. So I indeed got my tax donation receipt as a result. So friends, if you're looking at maybe catering needs, do check out the barbecue friends from Portland Rescue Mission, because their stuff's good. I wouldn't say this if the barbecue didn't taste good. I'm a bit of a barbecue snob. I love Portland Rescue Mission. I love Adam's Rib Down in Salem. Okay, but I wouldn't pitch this if it, the food wasn't good. And when it comes to donating cars, I challenge you to show me a ministry that's easier to deal with than Drive Away Hunger. And they are connected to PortlandRescueMission.org, and they also have their own website, which is driveawayhunger.org. That's driveawayhunger.org. So thank you, Pastor Chris, for your contributions to our friends at Shepherd's Store and all the different aspects of how Portland Rescue Mission is meeting people's needs and helping draw them closer to Jesus as a result. So, so Jennigan, tell us about the hope that you have. You mentioned that you knew you needed more help and people covering your back, which is why you went to Shepherd's Door. Okay. Tell us about some of your dreams. Where would you like to see yourself in five or 15 years? Well, my vision is being on a beach with, uh, with white sand and clear water, retired, actually doing, um, doing uh, like ministry work and wiring electricity for people that are homeless, and not only giving them like physical light, but giving them the light of the Lord. That's what I see. That's my vision. Ooh, I like that. It's it bringing light in more than one sense, yes. not only in working, perhaps in electrician work, but also more importantly, bringing them the love of Christ. Yes. So besides Esther and besides Dan, have there been any other people that stand out in your mind of just really being the voice or the hands or the feet of Christ in lifting you up, Jenigan? Yes, I have another mentor. Her name is Mona, and she is from Discovery Christian. She has been amazing. Uh, she has. Um, she's actually going to be running the run with Esther and I uh, on Sunday, and I just appreciate both of them. They've, they've both been um, a huge inspiration in my life. And... Of the people that you've encountered at Shepherd's Door, are there people that, from your vast experiences, that you too are able to just nudge and give a word of encouragement to as we look forward to this first Friday that, that we have coming up? Are there people whose lives that you're able to touch as well before you walk into the speaking engagement? Yes, I believe so. We, we actually just have gotten a lot of new people, and um, hearing my story, they are just they say that it encourages them to move forward and gives them hope. And it's a nice feeling. I remember when I got there and um, I felt that same way. You know, it's a big deal to be able to say that you have been relieved of all your guilt and shame, especially coming from a place like, like I've been. Like, that's just a huge thing to be able to say that. And I can remember saying, like, I hope one day that I can say that. And, and today I can say that. 
So here you are today. So, Pastor Chris, how about you? Where did you – obviously, you're a pastor now over at Rock Fellowship. But when did you come to know the Lord in the first place? Actually, it's a, it's a funny story. I was 17 um, when I gave my life to Jesus. Um, I grew up in the church, and I was just kind of going like many young people do. You just go to church, you go home, you just go to church. Uh, but I was at this big event up in Northern California, and it was during this altar call where um, the guy speaking was inviting us to give our lives to Christ. And I was 17, and I said, you know, it's time for me to get serious about this. Like, I, I, I want to believe and I want to serve him. Uh, and that's when I really committed to Jesus. The funny thing is the guy who gave the altar call is Jennigan's mentor's husband, Dan, who is one of my church members now. Wait a second. Seriously? So, so as a fellow Asian, it's real tough for me to gauge your age. So, so at age 17, you're down at some rally, and despite being raised in the church, somehow in your heart, you knew that you need to, to really fully commit your life to yeah. Jesus. And, and who was there? So Jennigan's mentor, Esther, her husband, Dan, was the one leading the altar call, and that's when I really gave my life to Christ. And now I'm the pastor at Rock Fellowship, and he's one of our church members. He's one of our volunteer leaders. That's just crazy. So, so how did, long did it take, Jenikin, before you and Pastor Chris here figured out this connection? I, I actually just now, with him telling uh, the story. Get out of here. Yeah, no, that's, that's that, great. That, that's wild. <laughs> so maybe, like myself, you're the parent of kids who are youth group age and, and wondering – well, why are we doing this? So they can drink soda out of socks or get slimed or whatever. But maybe, just maybe, God can use the silly to, to plant some seeds. Absolutely. So, so for you, Chris, was it a, a gradual tugging on your heart that made you go down to that altar? Or was it like flicking a light switch for you at age 17? I think it was gradual. you know. And I think that a lot of people think that uh, it has to be this miraculous moment where everything changes. But... Um, I think it's that still small voice and just responding to the nudgings because, you know, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force his way into your life. So he just says, hey, open the door and I'm, I'm going to knock. Just open that door. Let me in. And I think it got to a point where I couldn't resist anymore. And I knew that it was time to get serious. That's wonderful that the two of you, Jenigan and Pastor Chris, have come from such different backgrounds. And yet, as brothers and sisters in Christ, here we are here today, and in God's infinite wisdom, he knew somehow in the timeline of history that you have these wild connections. So, yeah, that's crazy. we got about two and a half minutes before landing the plane here, friends, so I want you to be able to send a shout-out and say thanks or say hi to anyone you'd like to. I'm going to lead off with you, Jennigan Burnaby, our keynote speaker at First Friday on November 2nd. Anyone you'd like to say hi to? I would like to say hi to everybody at Shepherd's Door everybody at Rock Fellowship, and to my twins, Madison and Matthew. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. My wife is a twin. I've got twin nephews. I love having twins. So uh, how about you, Pastor Chris Chung of Rock Fellowship? Anyone you want to say hi to? Oh, just a shout out to our church members, our our leadership, and our elders. Um, They work so hard um, to make our church a place where, where Jesus is the center and uh, I'm so thankful to have them. Uh, just say hi to my wife, Tracy, and my two-year-old son, Miles. Two years old. That must be a great age. Are yeah. you enjoying being a first-time dad? 
Yeah, it's crazy. If you meet my son, he's insane. He's he's zero to one hundred. He never goes. He's never like taking it easy. But it's so much fun, and you know, I've learned so much about myself and about God and about love through him. I'm sure that all of that craziness comes from the mom side of the family, right? One hundred percent. What awesome guests we were able to have in our studios today. So I'd like to thank you, Pastor Chris Chong of Rock Fellowship, which meets Saturdays at 1145 on San Rafael Street in Portland by Portland Christian Schools in John Luby City Park. And for your band, the Rock Fellowship Praise Band, coming to First Friday. And thanks especially to you, our keynote speaker, Jenigan Burnaby, for coming out and sharing today. Don't miss them. Friday, November 2nd, First Friday at Adventist Medical Center. RSVP online at AdventistHealth.org. And you get to have a free, healthy, and delicious dinner thrown in. If not, just show up. It'll be Friday, November 2nd from 7.15 to 8.30 p.m., at Adventist Medical Center. That's just south of Mall 205. Go downstairs by the piano and you'll be in the right spot. All of this information will be linked up to truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. So thank you so much, Jenigan Burnaby and Pastor Chris Chong for coming on today. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Difference Makers. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.